of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby! Master <laughs> Marcus Zill. Come on, Chancellor Whedon, the Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod and Chaplain at the IC. How are you doing today, Will? I am doing well, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's always great to have you on. You uh, are the host on KFUO of the uh, most listened to radio program in uh, KFUO Nation, right? Thy strong word. When is that on? Actually, I don't know if it's the most listened to anymore. Wolf Miller is is he's he's really doing some great stuff yeah, there on cross events, and I think that's going to we can't let that be because he'll get too big <laughs> of a head. So no, uh, but we're on every day uh, with the Word of God from uh, eleven o'clock to twelve o'clock, roughly, um, and uh, it, it, Central Time. And it's also totally podcast, of course, like everything else on KFUO, so people can download it. That's actually how you know we, we, we track people listening to it, mostly by just oh, sure. looking at the podcast. The reason why I wanted to have you on is not just because you're a real chancellor, meaning your middle name is Chancellor, and you uh, enjoy giving me a hard time about that. You're going soft on me today, buddy. What's What up? Say that again? You're going soft on me, not giving me a hard time for calling myself a fake chancellor. When you are you accusing me of going soft? Yes, are you seriously? Yes, I uh, am. That's why I brought you on the radio. I figured that you're in, you hung your head in shame every time you had to go out there and pretend to be a chancellor. I didn't think I had to do anything to make you feel badly no, about that. You got me. You got me. Anyways, in all seriousness, today is one of those uh, opportunities we have in the church to have a commemoration. It is the commemoration of Adam and Eve, and I thought, who better? to bring on the radio to talk about Adam and Eve, other than the director of worship and someone that was actually there and knew him personally. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. No, it all- I'm even older than you, but I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> I, c- I could resist. I The the ability of me to with- withhold being a smart aleck is just, it's it's not there. Anyway, seriously, today is the commemoration of Adam and Eve, and since we're talking about... A commemoration. Why don't we explain just a little bit of a little bit of liturgical lectionary catechesis? What what is a commemoration, and how does it fit in? We have festivals, we have feasts, we have saints, we have commemorations. Fill us in on this a little bit. 
Sure. That is a, um, a great question because people are many times confused by it. And I've had pastors write in, it's like, well, we don't have any propers for the commemoration of, and I'm like, yep, that's the definition of a commemoration. It doesn't have propers, which means there are no assigned readings or specific prayers that are to be used in the church's divine service for that day from that commemoration. Now, you can maybe include the collect from the commemoration. Um, there, you know, Treasury of Daily Prayer has a collect for every single commemoration, and you can include that in the daily office maybe, but it just doesn't, they're not really designed for liturgical commemoration. They're just designed for people uh, to remember as you go through the, uh, the year, these different people, and sometimes events are commemorated as well as people and commemorations. So just remembering this whole wide swath of the church's year and history. And what we have now is actually in like an LSB. It's a pretty apocopated list. I mean, it doesn't have as many nearly as if you just Google Leah's sanctoral calendar, you'll see that basically every day has at least one, sometimes two or three commemorations that take place. Um, and the Missouri Senate in its first years, of course, printed all that out. And uh, those commemorations were very much sort of people in people's minds. It's like, oh, today is the day of St. Agatha or today's the day of St. Martin. Um, they were there. Addition to that, you ask about uh, festivals and feasts. Now, those are what we used to call minor festivals. But what, what separates the feast from the festival in the Lutheran service book is, well, aside from being bold-faced, a feast is always bold-faced. Mm-hmm. Feasts, th- th- if, if you're playing cards, you know what a trump card is, right? Sure. Uh, a, a, a feast is like the trump card. If, if it falls on a Sunday, it tends to trump the Sunday. Um, it has that ability. One one little exception, the, 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 the Sundays of Lent are privileged. And so if during Lent, um, well, not just Lent, Holy Week is privileged. So if like Annunciation falls on Palm Sunday, you don't bump Palm Sunday. Instead, you transfer the Annunciation to the first available opportunity, which usually is like the Monday after the Monday of Holy or of Easter. So um, Easter Monday and then a week later. I think that happened this year, in fact. Um, so anyway, that's the, that's the basic difference between them. Now, don't feasts also tend to correspond to acts and events in Christ's life? Right. So the, uh, the, in fact, the, the thing that marks the feast is that they're called principal feasts of Christ. I think we have uh, exactly 12 of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, uh, you, you, you have Christmas and all that, and, and Eve of the circumcision in name of Jesus, circumcision in name of Jesus, purification of Mary, presentation of our Lord, the annunciation of our Lord, the visitation, the nativity of St. John the Baptist, um, St. Michael and all angels, and then all saints. So these are the days that, uh, and of course, Easter and Pentecost and things like that. And All Saints seems like, a, that's such an awesome festival because, you know, if you look at a commemoration list, you were talking about Leia's list, uh, you know, if you have like three of them a day or whatever for, if, if you're if you're commemorating everybody, it's kind of hard to really highlight the ones that really need to be highlighted. So it seems like we've kind of hit the sweet spot. Yeah, in other words, it, it, the, the, some of the ones that, uh, that we know the story of, 
these are wonderful. We have the stories of, uh, of the people in our commemoration list. Otherwise, sometimes you have in the commemoration list names that you just don't have any clue about. Well, I don't know anything about them. Now, the ones that we're commemorating that we're going to talk about today, obviously, we actually know quite a bit about. God spent a few chapters writing about these guys. Absolutely. Um, this is an easy one today. I will point out, lest I forget, there is a great book that CPH put out about a year or so, a year or two ago, called Celebrating the Saints. It goes through all of these feasts and festivals and commemorations. Have you heard of it, Will? Uh, I seem to have nightmares about it. Yes, I remember it. <laughs> because you wrote it. It is fantastic, and it goes through um, every day of the year, gives gives a nice little narrative, a, a suggested hymn text. Because you can, even though if there's not readings for commemorations, you can find some suggest like t- today commemoration of adam and eve i don't know what might be a good lectionary i don't know there's some scripture about adam and eve if you were wanting to celebrate this in a chapel context or something like what we have that comes up at the ic you could probably piece something together and of yeah yeah and, and it's just not designed for widespread use and, and i would say that you know i'll be totally transparent and honest with you here. the reason that a lot of the hymns got chosen in celebrating the saints was they were public domain and i didn't have to pay anybody to actually use them and so there are better hymns in the hymnal for some of these things like today there's a lot better hymns for adam and eve anyway no it's a great book you guys it, seriously everybody should think about getting it's a wonderful thing to have in your library along with the treasury of daily well Prayer. thank you but okay so adam and eve what exactly are we commemorating by having a date on the calendar to commemorate Adam and Eve. Well, this is really an important point. We commemorate Adam and Eve as everything in the commemoration calendar. These are real people, real events that happened, right? Um, And there is a move very big in big swaths of the church where Adam and Eve are treated as mythical, figurative, symbolic, um, but not actual. And the scriptural witness on this is really brutally clear. I mean, if you yank out the, um, the historicity of Adam and Eve, what does that do when Paul will talk about how there's a new Adam in Jesus? Um, and furthermore, what does it do to the evangelist actually giving you St. Luke traces the genealogy of Jesus all the way back to Adam, right? Or should I say down from Adam all the way to Jesus? Um, No, he goes backwards. He goes back up to Adam. I'm sorry, uh, Matthew goes uh, the other direction and only to Abraham. So that's that's an important point that the commemoration of Adam and Eve, these are commemorations of real people who have had an ongoing impact upon our lives. In fact, next to the Lord Jesus, there is no one who has had a greater impact on every hearer's life than Adam and Eve, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they asked the age-old question, well, Daddy, where did, sin, where did sin come from? You can't answer that if you don't have Adam and Eve, or you got to look somewhere else. And right. So it's only right. it's only fitting that, it, like you said, if we're going to talk about the new Adam, we have to have an old Adam. And the old Adam can't be some 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 mythical story, lest people turn the new Adam into a mythical story. Then too. So a uh, point well stipulated. We have to have Adam and Eve, and it's worthy for us to acknowledge them. In fact, in your book, in Celebrating the Saints, you start off by saying, "Today we remember and give thanks to God for the parents of the human race." Now, usually Adam yeah. and Eve get the, uh, hey, if you guys weren't such boneheads and hence sinned, 
And here, what you're doing is saying we give thanks to God. These these are our great, 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 infinitely whatever great parents for all of us, right? Right, right. Why is the, that this is this is the, that's a bond of union, right? I mean, between there, there's not a human being out there who is not your relative through Adam and Eve. And in reality, then we're all related. You, 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 and I are related, brother. Absolutely. Both, both physically and spiritually. That's awesome. What Scary. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we look so much alike. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, what else can you? What, why is it also? What are some other reasons why it's important to commemorate Adam and Eve? What are some touchstones of things that we should remember when we do? give thanks to God for them. And in a way, even though original sin um, came down through Adam, um, you know, can you, can you settle once and for all the age old question of, okay, did, did sin come from Adam? Did it come through Eve? Did it come from both? Does it matter? What do we need yeah. to learn from this in terms of that Genesis? Well, isn't it interesting that if you have your handy dandy copy of the Apocrypha, um, the Lutheran study edition with notes, all of our college um, students have, listening have that in their backpack right now, I'm quite confident. They, if they don't, they should. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, if you open it up, because you know what? I mean, let's be honest. If you're Lutherans, this belongs with your Bible. Um, in a Lutheran Bible, like, like in Luther's Bible, the, 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 the apocryphal books were sandwiched in between the Old and New Testament, and and and. They were used all the time, and they're still used. They're used in our liturgy all the time. Sure. But anyway, Ecclesiasticus, chapter 25, verse 24. From a woman, sin had its beginning, and because of her, we all die. Ouch. Wow, it sounds sexist, That's, Whedon. Yeah, yeah, doesn't it, though? <laughs> and then people will point out that the New Testament actually doesn't tend to pin it as much on Eve. She's deceived. She, you know, she uh, uh, falls because of her deception. But on Adam, so I think the key is these two were one, yeah. right? He made them one. And the fall of them is a fall together. Um, and each fell in their own unique way. And consequently, each also had to bear um, a cross that God laid on them because of their sin that was different from what the other had, right? He, the punishment is not the same for both, except for this, because they've let sin into the world, they let death into the world, and death was going to come for both of them. But they would have a lot of different sorrows on the way to that sorrow of death. Well, in a way, isn't it good that they fell together in that way? Because if not, if Adam had sinned and Eve didn't, <clears throat> Eve could have uh, could have nagged him and said, "Hey, you know what? It sucks to be you, Adam. That's too bad. So sad." But uh, we you know, don't have to worry about this because sin entered the world, and that would have affected either one of them, regardless of how it worked out. But it's kind of nice in a way, isn't it? That uh, we don't. I mean, it's kind of just one of those philosophical questions to ponder. Yeah, I don't. I don't go there because I think we, we should deal with what he, you know, what ha what he revealed to us about what happened is is what we really need to stick with, and um, you know, what it, 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 speculation about what would have happened if Adam had sure. said no, um, 
you know, we just don't go there. So, so what we do that, you know, know, and that's a good point, what we do know is that sin did come through our first parents in this regard. And Genesis 3.15, we have the pronunciation of the gospel for the first time. What, right. what is the reason why this is so close to Christmas? That's intriguing to me. Here we are six days away from Christmas. And there's a lot of it. Our listeners will notice that there's a lot of feasts and festivals kind of all crammed up right around the time of Christmas. Um, why this one? Why is it so close to Christmas? Do we know? Yeah. Um, originally in the Western Church, this day, and by Western Church, I mean the churches descended from Rome throughout all of Western Europe. Um, so like Lutheran, Anglican. This was a day commemorating um the, the the original day commemorating was the 24th of December, okay? So bumping literally right up against wow. Christmas, you celebrate it, Adam and Eve. Old Adam, um, new they, Adam, they, on the, like within 24 right? hours. Right, old Adam, new Adam. Oh, that's and awesome. then on the... Um, in the Orthodox tradition from the East, it was usually celebrated. The, all the ancestors of Christ were celebrated on the Sunday before Christmas. And I suspect that what happened was people thought exactly like you just said, boy, there's a lot of festivals clustering around, especially if you bump it right up next to Christmas Day um, or Christmas Eve on Christmas Eve. So they thought, eh, move that back. So that way it probably has a better chance of even being noticed because it can be lost in the brilliant light of, uh, of Christmas Eve itself, right? Sure. Um, so this actually gives us time to ponder and think about the ancestors of Christ. But it's practice. Um, there are a lot of times in the, the medieval church loved pageants, right? They loved acting things out. And one of the ways they acted out the um, – the, the fall in paradise was they would put up a tree and they would put red apples on it, you know, and show, you oh. know, th- th- they'd act out the whole thing. So where do you think the Christmas tree finally comes from? It comes from this commemoration of Adam and Eve on the wow. eve of Christmas. And, and and towards later time in the Middle Ages, they would even put, um, in addition to the, um, the, 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 the apples, red apples being hung on the, the evergreen tree, they would hang um, like little white hosts, uh, white wafers, wafers that would remind them of Holy Communion, that, that Jesus, you know, as they ate of the tree that they shouldn't have eaten of, but Jesus will come, you know, to be our bread of life, and he will open a way for paradise to, you know, for Adam and Eve to come home and all their descendants with them. Somehow I think most altar guilds wouldn't, wouldn't let us do that. <laughs> well, you know, there was a tradition. There was a tradition in a lot of Lutheran congregations. Um, St. Paul's used to do this way, 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 way years, many years ago, um, that there were two Christmas trees, one in red and one in white. Hmm. Um, and, and, it was red, and literally, it dates back to this very point, the, 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 the apple and the salvation. <laughs> I, I, I would bet 99.9% of our listeners have never heard this concept of the, the prelude to the Christmas tree going back to the tree in the garden, although it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a fascinating uh, um, cultural uh, remnant, if you will, that's total. it's lost its moorings. Nobody remembers anymore why the tree and what's, what's the deal with that. But that's exactly um, how it came to be. That's excellent. So any other things that you'd like to share with us about Adam and Eve, things that we need to remember, especially this Christmas season as we are here on the cusp just a week away? 
Well, you know, uh, is it okay to go some of the hymns that can help us sort of absolutely? Dig into we and get we that? love hymns, copyrighted okay. or not, because we're on the radio. There we go. <laughs> um, so, so th- 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 there are there are so many ones that we could could turn to. I want to skip honor first of all to one that dates from the Reformation, and this this is really important. Um, it's this hymn is actually cited in our Lutheran confessions. Okay. Okay. Um, it's hymn number six hundred or five hundred sixty-two. All mankind fell in Adam's fall. One common sin infects us all. From one to all, the curse descends, and over all, God's wrath impends. Through all our powers, corruption creeps, and us in dreadful bondage keeps. In guilt, we draw our infant breath and reap its fruits of woe and death. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Little babies die. They die. How unbelievably sad. And we want to think, but they haven't done anything wrong. No, listen to what Scripture says. The nature we receive from Adam is already cursed. And then when we grow up, from hearts depraved to evil prone flow thoughts and deeds of sin alone. God's image lost, the darkened soul seeks not nor finds its heavenly goal, which sounds so dismal and dire, and it is. But, I love what a but does. You know, like, you know, but comes along and it erases everything in front of it. But Christ, the second Adam, came, the second Adam to bear our sin and woe and shame, to be our life, our light, our way, our only hope, our only stay. As by one man all mankind fell and born in sin was doomed to hell, so by one man who took our place, we all were justified by grace. We thank you, Christ. New life is ours. New light, new hope, new strength, new powers. This grace, our every way attend until we reach our journey's end. It's just a great, great text. So why don't we sing that and then, at Christmas? That and the tree. It would be life wonderful. A whole lot of it. Sometimes yeah, we get yeah, so stuck yeah, yeah. We have so many great Christmas hymns, but uh, you think yeah, about yeah, the we tree do. Of life that's right before it would almost be complete. That'd be completely fitting at Christmas time. Yeah, the tree of life was another one that I wanted to draw attention to, especially okay. because it has it has Eve in it, right? So sure. that's that. Yeah, that's worth it's, it's here, Adam and Eve. So knock yourself out. How many minutes? About two. Two. Oh my goodness. Well, well let me also just mention. In Adam, we've all been one. Okay. Um, that's five hundred sixty-nine. That's a Franzman text, but it, it does the same job as the other one, but is perhaps even more poetic um, and uh, not quite as dogmatic. But it has the same point behind it that uh, you know we're all. It's not like Adam did something. Adam and Eve did something, and then God charges us with what they did. It's very much that we participate in their sin. We go on in their sin, turning away from God, turning to ourselves. We all need the second Adam because we continue to do the sin of the first Adam. We continue to turn away from God's command and seek our own way. And uh, boy, what a great thing to remember! We need Jesus. How could you better celebrate your need of Jesus than right before the coming of, you know, celebrating his birth, you remember why we all need Jesus, why this world is so messed up, where death came from, where sin came from, why we're the way we are. We need Jesus. And boy, what a great commemoration it is to, 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 
to celebrate that. And the hymns, there are so many others that we could have done. Oh, but okay. I'm so- <laughs> Anyways, well, uh, do you have any others that jump out in your mind? You said the Tree of Life, just to kind of list them off. Yeah, you know, the other one I wanted to mention specifically was O Sing of Christ, which is a Starkey text, um, and uh, 362 in the hymnal. It's a Christmas hymn, actually, but, you know, what Adam lost, none could reclaim, and paradise was barred until the second Adam came to men what sin had marred. There it is. (laughs) Beautifully said. No, absolutely. In fact, that's why we're going to sing that at our upcoming Witness Conference. Yay! uh, Anyways, you know, you can't sing enough hymns. Sometimes I think if we just had a conference and it was just a giant hymn sing for three days, everybody would be happy. And I uh, make me happy. Oh, well, thank you, Will. Um, thank you, brother, for, uh, for uh, jo- giving us such wonderful words. Thank you for writing this great book, Celebrating the Saints, doing a great job on the radio. All that you do is in your position as a director of worship. You are a beloved colleague. And I appreciate your uh, friendship and your putting up with me giving you a hard time. <laughs> Which is usually mutual. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, it's definitely mutual. Yeah, so we All can, the way down the line we, there, brother. <laughs> we can both take it and give it uh, equally. And blessed Christmas to you and your dear wife and family. To, to you too, man, and all your family and all your listeners. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.